Hello and welcome to Talking Dad UK, a podcast where we discuss all things dad. Follow and support the podcast on social media at Talking Dad UK One. All links will be in the show notes and descriptions. Hope you enjoy this episode and thanks for listening. Hello and welcome back to Talking Dad UK, a podcast where we discuss all things dad. And in this episode, I'm chatting to Dan Flanagan, founder of Dadler Soul based down in Worthing on the south coast, running dad groups to tackle social isolation felt by dads, and in summary, is essentially running little raves that dads and kids can go along to on a Saturday morning, as opposed to the raves that the dads might have been going to on a Friday or Saturday night. And you'll hear a little bit more about everything that Dad Soul does further on in the episode, and uh, also Dan's own fatherhood journey. Just before we get to that, the podcast has been chugging along since January 2021. We've had lots of conversations with lots of different dads and parents, all about fatherhood, parenting. I've spoken to friends and family about tips of dealing with the lockdown. I've spoken to ex-teachers who now run online support groups to support parents getting their kids through GCSEs. I've spoken to a dad blogger who writes about creating family meals on a budget, parents and dads of children on the autistic spectrum, and lots of other fatherhood stories, parenting stories. I am, however, in the process of a short break from the podcast. I'll probably still be recording a little bit, but I won't be releasing as often. So in June, I think we're going to take a a short break from the podcast. I'm going to revise a little bit of the format and how I put the podcasts out. I do enjoy the the long form conversations we can have over a podcast and there are no rules. We can discuss lots of topics and lots of areas. In my attempts to try and bring you somewhat of a resource library for other dads and parents that they can use and there'll be lots of different topics and subjects covering a wide range of things. Future episodes will possibly need to be a little bit more structured So I will work on that format while we take a little break. A family holiday coming up in June as well, so it coincides with that really. Um, There'll be plenty of social media activity and hopefully I will see you again later in the summer and bring you some more Talking Dad UK podcasts. Here's Dan's episode telling us all about Dadless Soul. Hope you enjoy. Thanks. Hi Dan, how are you doing? I'm really well. It's kind of still sunny outside. I'm based down in Worthing on the south coast. It's a bit so nice. really, really, yeah, it's lovely. Really yeah. loves, and also I've finished work for five days. Nice. So it's my first holiday of for about six years. Wow. So it's really weird. You know, <laughs> I keep breaking into. Ooh, I'm going to Ibiza, and I'm not even going to Ibiza. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to. I think you know, it's much like everybody that the last few years and the last couple of years have been pretty intense on so many levels. So it's just. Me and my partner going away, no nippers, no oh, laptops, no social media. Oh, nice. You know, I'm really, really looking forward to it. Are you going anywhere nice? Paris. Oh, very nice. Yeah, I haven't been for about 15, 16 years. And I think last time I went, I was still looking for the nightlife. Right. Now, a little bit older, looking for a very <laughs> different cultural experience. So it'll be um, you know, getting lost in galleries and we sort of... We planned it all out and just doing one thing a day. Yeah. So if we want to just go and get lost somewhere, 
we can do or sit. I, I spend, I'm expecting to put on at least two stone in cheese. You oh, know? Yeah, you would, wouldn't you? I, yeah, that's my target for the week. <laughs> we went, um, obviously, pre-pandemic and everything else, but we went um, through a bit of a spell through anniversaries. We went through a bit of a spell where we would do like um, city breaks and do weekend yeah. city breaks, just the two of us. Um, we haven't managed to, we didn't do it this year, but Paris is one of them that's uh, that's on our list, actually. We've never been. So it's be... it's lovely. Um, also, there's that and it's on Berlin. Because Berlin, it's a very yeah. Diff- yeah, very different experience, especially if you go without kids. I went to Berlin a few years ago, but it was on a stag do, so it was very different again. <laughs> <laughs> but you were surrounded by lots of children. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, um, there was a lot of wet beds and crying out for food and drink in the middle of the absolutely, night. Absolutely, yeah. And some of them might even listen to this podcast, so uh, <laughs> you know well, who you kind, are. Sure, it's very gentle, <laughs> very relaxed and very cultured. Very, it was a very strange, a very strange weekend because we, um, you know, as you do, you get told where to go by people that have been before, where all the good places, yeah. and and we aim to aim, go for them. But being us and our group, we got yeah. it wrong. <laughs> so I think we were on the street that runs parallel to the bit where we were supposed to be and there was nothing there. And then we ended up, I always describe it as a, a an old lady's living room. Um, it wasn't, it was an actual pub, but there was only yeah. two old ladies in there playing dominoes as we rocked up 13 lads on a stag do. Just got off the tram and we didn't know where we were going and we just wanted a beer and to yeah. use the toilet. And uh, yeah, they were <laughs> quite shocked when we... When we turned up, we saw the pound sign sort of rolling over in their eyes as uh, as she said, like, yeah, come in. But yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we interrupted uh, an old lady's game of dominoes. And I don't think they'll did ever they forgive us. You with it? Did they hustle you with the dominoes? Did you lose a few quid? Oh, no, no. They, they put it on pause while we were propping up the bar and sinking a couple of pints, trying to figure out why we weren't on the main strip the uh <laughs> <laughs> all the bright lights and red light areas have just gone it's a bit weird sometimes with those sort of stag do's don't it because as we get older we have different groups of friends from different parts of our life yeah suddenly you have to bring them all together and it can be sometimes that the only thing that they've actually got in common is you yeah so was it was that was it just a bunch of old mates or everybody knew each other or was there new friends had to get involved in the uh, there was a there was a good majority of just old friends, so it's sort of yeah. a mixture of old school friends and old college friends. So we all knew each other anyway, and, and I've done for years. So there was only maybe one or two that was a bit new, but yeah, it was doing. And then my my stag do was slightly different. I mean, we went to Brussels, and and my dad came, and my, my wife's dad came, and there, there's wow. a, a dynamic uh, shift, isn't there? <laughs> that 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 is yeah, but they're the ones that got arrested, so we can't talk about that, can we? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting again. I'm sure the listeners would love to hear us go on about the stag yes. we've been on. But <laughs> um, do you want to kick us off by telling us about um, dad life and family life and how that yeah. is for you? Um, so, like I mentioned, I'm based down in Worthing. My name's Dan Flanagan. I will soon be 48, which is very scary because people keep saying, very close to 50, isn't it, Dad? That's <laughs> not sure I'm really comfortable with that. Um, okay. I've got a 10-year-old boy, he turned 10 on Monday, that I, I co-parent. So that's really scary, having a little blighter that's double figures, and he's a pre-teen. So he will spend quite a lot of time in front of the mirror doing his hair. That's scary. Refusing certain things to what to wear, 
um, I've noticed when I, I take him to school a couple of days a week on the bus, and if there's a group of like high school girls there, you'll get a bit awkward, and you know you want to sit on his own. And it's yeah. a, I know kids, you know, get to that stage where your your parents are embarrassing. Yeah, but I really didn't want to be one, and I am, and it's horrible. But I also think it's a little bit of payback because you know my dad was brilliantly embarrassing me. He'd walk around the supermarket, you know, chatting up the girls and singing and stuff like that, right. and I would die. So I'm now thinking, right, the best thing I've got in punishment with my son, if he's naughty, I threatened to phone up his assembly and offer to break dance in front of the entire school. Behavior changes straight away. Brilliant that's stuff. That's amazing, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that, that's that's me. Um, I'm in a you know, lovely relationship. And life is, on the whole, pretty good. I'm also I'm getting divorced from a previous relationship, so that has its ups and downs. Co-parenting okay. is, I imagine, many of your listeners and viewers understand that comes with its challenges. It's a yeah. you know it's a brave new area um, with adaption and dealing with you know the schools, making sure that you know you both get the letters home and that the oh. school and stuff. And it's okay that they can just talk to dad, not just mum. It's such a weird thing that isn't it yeah it, it, it's not not that i've been through it myself but yeah um i know dads that um are that they're, they're named on the on the school system and and they have, have parental responsibility and they still find it difficult to make yeah. sure that uh, two letters are produced and come home to two separate houses by like, why it, is it difficult? yeah i know that you know the schools are massively underfunded mm. it's very stressful but you know, by the, the simple act of admin and the simple act of kindness, yeah, it can it means you know a, a big deal because you see if you're not with your kids every day of the week, there's so much they they change every day. Mm. So if you don't get those little tidbits of knowledge and stuff like that, it can really hurt. Yeah, you yeah, miss missing out on on quite a good chunk of their life. Really, they spend so much time at school, don't they? Uh, absolutely and it's you know as soon as they when you pick them up from school um so did you have a good day yeah did you learn anything no was it all right yeah what'd you do forgotten okay you've only left school three and a half seconds ago and yeah. you, automatically your memory's been wiped so to be able to understand a little bit more you know about what's going on in their life and what they're good at or maybe what their their challenges are i think is really important for dads yeah yeah, are your schools down your way in terms of like parents' evening and stuff? Are you managing to get in and do them face to face and stuff again, or is it still all over the phone? Like it is up here, it has been for up here for us for a while. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think the last couple were um, online, and that that was very odd because they had a very tight ten minutes. Yeah, and then they would kick you out. So I think our, our last one got actually cancelled because the teacher got COVID. So we're waiting for a um, a real. Yeah, rearranged thing but that should be back at the school and to be honest my lads are pretty good mm. you know with all things considered because i don't think we are by any means you know an, an odd case there must be you know hundreds of the kids within the situation um living with two different parents so the mod that's the modern world and they kind of got to get used to living with it yeah need to catch up really don't they yeah, yeah so that's that's me 
we've said similar stuff really with um like me me and my wife are, are still together but even the parents evening they're all over the phone and you get a tight to 10 minutes like you say and it's after they've after they've sort of it's almost like the t's and c's at the end of an advert they just go through it dead quick and then that's <laughs> it you're off get the next one in and i'm like well, yeah yeah actually what have you just told me i don't i, don't, I haven't processed that yet um and, and especially if you know potentially outside of that situation you, you're not really seeing eye to eye on a lot of things there can yeah. be sometimes different points of view that you need to get across and then you know people take over the situation you know it, yeah it can be stressful but as long as we are you know we're invited and we're heard that has to be important my whole thing is you know making sure that yeah, dads are heard and are listened to and our voices have generationally been ignored because we're the fellas that look after the remote control and they're scared to use a washing machine. Yeah. You know, we're not 70s sick writers anymore. We're active parents and it'd be really nice to be able to go out with your kids and, you know, not say, oh, you're a good lad for babysitting and giving mum a day off, aren't you? No. <laughs> Can you move on swiftly before we have a fallout? Um <laughs> So, Dadless Soul, where does Dadless Soul come from? Where does that start? Where does that start? Um, about six years ago. So, basically, we're a non-profit organisation. And our our battles against social isolation in dads and loneliness, the, the dark side is there's 96 men under the age of 45 being lost to suicide every single week in this country, three times more than women. Um, and when I heard that, sat, it sort of scared me that's me that's most of my pals yeah and the reason is is because men don't talk you know we somebody's like right. yeah fine yeah works all right it's just blah, blah, blah. we never actually go into the the nitty-gritty so so about six years ago oh actually going back to you know um as a kid i was i was raised by my dad and there's my mum was really poorly so my dad got custody of me and my three sisters which was really unusual in the 70s and 80s so I saw firsthand the abject lack of support that right. was there. You know, there were single parent groups, but they were for maybe single mums that wore dungarees, voted CND. Uh, my dad ran her own business and went to Oxford. It was a very different demographic. Right. So I suppose it gave me a very different view to most people. And then growing up, I, I think I hit my 40s. I was in the corporate world. My background was sort of digital and PR. I was working at a big media agency. And on paper, I kind of, I'd had it all. I had nice clients, swanky offices. We'd moved down to Worthing away from Brighton. Um, but I was really struggling. I it just simply was not in my nature to put my hand up and say I needed some help. Um, and around that time, well, my dad had vascular dementia, but he passed away and it, it flipped me on my head but even at that time still I didn't talk about it I just kind of went back to work fine you know these things happen it's life and then about six months into that it knocked me on my backside so um, if I get graphic apologize if I use rude word um but yeah it, it knocked me sideways and I ended up getting chicken pox for the second time from my son because I was so drained so exhausted but during that time i realized my, my boys about two or three at the time 
um, I was confined to barracks and we played together. You know, right. he saw a lot more of me during that time. He probably had done in months because um, as a, a man, as a provider, I would leave work. I would leave to go to work very early in the morning. I'd get home kind of late at night. If I was lucky, I could put him to bed. Even then, you know, some of the times I'd have me Blackberry and I'd be answering client emails thinking, you know, go to bed, your little sod. And I had my priorities all swift because I thought I'm here to support the family and financially that's my role. But when my, my dad died and I got ill, I kind of just saw the world from a very different space. Um, I ended up leaving that job. Um, and the initial idea was just to have sort of three months off just to recuperate throughout what I was doing. Um, during that time, I'd started blogging this. Well, actually, I started blogging probably about seven, eight years ago. At the time, there was millions of mummy bloggers. Yeah. But there was very little from the dad's perspective and certainly nothing that I could relate to because all of the stuff was, you know, how to support your partner through breastfeeding, which is very important. But I also want to talk about why the Stone Roses are the best band that's ever played. Yeah. You know, I, I want a little bit of culture and stuff like that. So... I started blogging, that picked up a bit of momentum. It ended up in, uh, as an online magazine called Don't Believe the Hype. And we had about 18 different dads from around the country writing and sharing their stories. Um, the, then we started getting approached by some brands, um, the product placements and content, but the, the sort of stuff they were sending over was really cheesy and right. really dads in a very bad, I said, like, hey, you're dads and you can't dance, you must like, crap shoes no just just <laughs> not having it so um, using my agency background i created the what i called the world's first agency of dad which was a content agency especially for brands that wanted to work with dads so we ended up working bmw marvel disney and getting paid to create stories um that's sort of taken off so my my three month sabbatical was <laughs> six months nine months yeah. and it was a, a weird thing that I, I remember very early days probably a couple of weeks into when i'd um well i, I thought i was gonna have to turn them off but immediately with the sort of first week of doing that i felt really guilty I, i'd lost my my purpose as a man um i went into this coffee shop and there was a fella sitting over a few tables when he looked really lonely I thought, I'm going to talk to you because you don't normally have a chance to do that. Um, he was a lovely lad and he was telling me about his dream to set up this new type of fostering agency because the system with kids in care was very broken. Um, and I was like, dude, you need to meet my wife. She feels exactly the same way. Right. Um, I put them in touch. He offered her her dream job. So she was able to go back five days a week, which made me the sort of the primary carer so we had a complete lovely you know reversal yeah i'm and i was starting to go to you know mother and baby groups and volunteer at the nursery and you know that was lovely because i i got to see all this stuff that i wouldn't have normally seen um that's all going really well and then where i'm based down on the the south coast it's about 15 miles away from brighton Worthing. Um, it has a bit of a used to have a bit of a reputation as sort of uh, God's waiting room. It's where the okay. old folk. Um, so had some 
beautiful old theatres and stuff, but they, they weren't being used for people like me. And I was thinking, I can't afford to go to Brighton anymore for a night out. Certainly can't get a babysitter. Um, and I, I kind of lost any level of social life because you, as you get older, obviously your, your social group shrink. Yeah. Tends to be, you know, your mates on Facebook from school or stuff like that. Um, and I became quite lonely. And that's a bit embarrassing to say as a middle-aged man, but, you know, put your hand up there. Kind of like some friends to play with. Yeah. Um, so I hit upon the afternoon, uh, the idea of doing afternoon raves. And they were called Top Rocking Beats. So the idea is I'd hire out these theatres, um, phoned up a couple of my pals that were DJs, all in some soft place and crafting activities. So the idea is that you can come and have a great old knees up, decent tunes, the kids could play, but you could be side by side. Yeah. Uh, rather than the kids in a separate room. Um, I did my first one of those on Father's Day 2016. Um, hired out this art centre. Um, and it's a bit like being a you know a 13-year-old girl wondering if anybody's going to come to your birthday party. Right. And I opened up the door and there's 450 people queuing around the block. Wow. Went absolutely nuts. And the question was, so when's the next one? So it actually it grew. So we ended up, I think, doing about 30 of these around Sussex, loads of different venues. And um, we, we were partnering with other charities. And then around that time, something I... I'd written actually got into the hands of an organisation called the the Happy Startup School. So this was a it's like an international community for purpose driven entrepreneurs. So it's people that want to do better rather than focus on money. And they'd invited me to this what well, they did a summer camp every year. So it was 150 different people from around the world um, having conversations, a bit like TEDx. You know, yeah. but then you do sword fighting or go into the woods. And I thought, terrifying going in. Didn't really like camping, let alone going to spend a weekend with a bunch of strangers. Um, but I did. And it, it really opened my eyes to what could be done if you bring a community together and don't just focus on the cash. So um, we turned Top Rocking Beats into what's called a community interest company. So it's a bit between a business and a charity. We make money, but that money doesn't buy big screen TVs and swanky cars. We put it back into the community. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm setting up these raves. I'm doing the agency and blogging, but come a, you know, a Saturday and I'd have my lad. I, like, I don't know what to do. You know, you'd go down the park and pretty much be on your own. You go to soft play surrounded by blokes on their phone. <laughs> so, um, I looked and, you know, there's millions and millions of mother and baby groups. PAD is never in that conversation. So I took the, the sound system that I had from the big raves and the soft play and just put a flag in the ground one day and said, look, I'm going to organise a dad's play day. Does anybody want to come? And people did. So the, the first event, I think I had 14 dads, 20 kids. Um, they caused absolute chaos in my mate's office who took over his swanky boardroom beatbox lessons, stuff like that. Um, but what I realised is these dads are all strangers, but nobody's on their phone. They're, They're right, talking. Okay. So, you know, if you go to a kid's birthday party, it's normally the dads withdrawing that the mums take over. Yeah. But because we, we gently barred all the mums, dads were able to do that, and it didn't matter if we did it wrong or they were really good. 
um so that 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 sort of it, it took off i launched it over here in worthing pre-pandemic i think we were running seven regional groups so the idea once the dads and kids get together different themes um because nobody wants to go to a rubbish church all week or in spots and second hand play um we invite stand-up comedians to come and do workshops dj workshops we do junk modeling um we just had a funding to come in and get some vr headsets uh, along with lego and dress up so basically dads can come and have a coffee have a play kids can run riot maybe meet some saturday friends because a lot of the dads maybe aren't able to do the school run or they don't even have their kids during the week. So we yeah. miss out on those, those friendship groups. It's lovely to spend time with your kids, but kind of what makes the kids happier if they've got somebody to play with. And you can't really phone up somebody else's missus and say, oh, do you fancy hanging out? Yeah. You know, we all go to the park, get chatting to another dad and say, oh, do you want to exchange numbers? We just, we're socially blocked. We can't do that. So now we're up to, I think there's about 2,000 members of us, and that's in Australia, New Zealand, Germany, uh, Czech Republic. Even though they've never come to our physical groups, they're part of our community. So we also run um, online events, you know, when pandemic hit. That was us nearly, you know, I nearly went bankrupt off the back of it because right. we couldn't do anything. So we, we started the first few weeks, everybody did. We moved our events onto Zoom, had some fun there um, for another random conversation with a stranger. Um, big fan of those, by the way. Uh, I got chatting to this dad in America that had a, a dad's group. We put together the idea to do the world's first international play date. So we had dads in here and Germany in the States all coming together on Father's Day. And that, that was wonderful because you got like a you know a black kid in Chicago talking to a white kid in Sussex about what lockdown had meant to them. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was, it's quite incredible. So we've sort of grown and as the community's grown, and I think it was just as the sort of lockdown restrictions being eased, somebody just stuck something in the WhatsApp and goes, does anybody fancy a pint? I've been out in ages. So, Christ, no, neither have I, neither have I. So we started organizing dad's only meetups. Um, and now we do them again monthly, 15, 20 dads come over. Some are driving from an hour and a half to come over and just have a pint or a cup of tea. Like me, I don't drink. And just have a chat. Tell some crap jokes. You know, still take tea, but rather than it's just a group of lads talking beer and football. Yeah. We'll have dads that are trying to support their partner through breast cancer. We've had uh, one of our lads, um, 46, 17-month-old, was on life support for six months and he was living in an hospital. Nobody had ever asked how he was. Right. Um, we had another dad who's had you know a 20 year relationship with some pretty hardcore substances as part of his recovery he had to get rid of all of the other people in his world but then he, he still wanted to come to the pub and have a chat mm-hmm. um so we get dads you know, it's dads that are happily married but dads that are co-parents stepdads just blended families sometimes that's really tricky trying to deal with somebody's else's children or foster carers who've got gay dads at adoption process. Um, it doesn't really matter, you know, how much money you got in the you know, still a human being. And we still struggle. It can be loneliness, it can be something deeper. But normally speaking, you know, 
we never actually ask for help until it's too late or at the point of crisis. So by encouraging these really open and honest conversations, you know, we're having a real impact. So yeah, it's a lot of our work is a voluntary organisation, so I'm blessed to have some very giving good people around us because we've all got day jobs and families. We do this in the evenings and weekends and stuff. But yeah, it, it kind of is something that um, puts a lot of fire in my belly because as personally I've struggled and I think there's something, you know, strange or brave or whatever for me, just um, I don't want to put up this situation anymore. You know, the, the friends I had earlier on when I was moved though, they tended to be the people that my my wife had, and it was their partners. Right, yeah. Kind of the only commonality is you've got kids the same age. Yeah. And they're, they're lovely lads, don't get me wrong. But they weren't my my friends. And I needed something for some people of for me that got me, that I got them, that we had similar interests. So yeah, that's that's in a long weed out way, it's kind of dadless old really. Yeah. It's really interesting. I mean, I've talked about it on the podcast in the past that like my son will be six in the summer and, and six years ago I remember not really seeing much for dads advertisement wise, sign posting wise and um you know it wasn't it it wasn't very often that somebody would say how are you doing or what do you think or you know what I mean I don't I don't remember that conversation too much but then again you know I was going through it for the first time I didn't really know what what I was getting myself into let's say and I was just going along I'm quite laid back and I was just you know let it all happen whatever yeah. it, it you know it, it is what it is you're going to end up with a kid at the end of it and we'll, we'll see what happens <laughs> <laughs> um, and and then I didn't really pay too much attention to it after that but then obviously you've got a baby you're getting used to the sleepless nights and and then after paternity finishes, you go back to work. You've got to rejuggle everything and change your life and the way you go about things, which, mm. you know, my employer at the time was quite good, quite understanding. I worked with a lot of women, so I suppose maybe that factored into that they were maybe a little bit more sympathetic towards me. Yeah. I don't know. But it was still a change and an adjustment to to get back to that. And then... Fast forward however many years it was, five, four years to when we were expecting our second um, at the beginning of last year or spring last year. And um, I, I was thinking the same thing, but then we we would just come out of Christmas and into another lockdown and, and like you kind of got that hope that things were getting back to normal and that, you know, going just to meet up with your mate for a pint or go for a cup of tea or go for a walk somewhere was was getting easier and getting back to normal. Mm. And then all of a sudden, that's not going to happen because as soon as you come out of Christmas, you, you're back in a lockdown. And I thought, I've got a baby coming in April. I could really yeah. do with um, the last couple of months as much as I want to support my wife and get ready for the baby coming. And we've got the little one as well, um, yeah. or, the, or the four-year-old or whatever. I'm like, I could do with seeing my mates for a bit before before we kind of hibernate and disappear like like we do as a family. Absolutely, yeah. When we when we have the baby, things go quiet, don't they? You go off the radar a little bit and, and you're dealing with um 
night feeds and, and um, mm. changing nappies at three o'clock in the morning. And uh, that opportunity yeah. was sort of taken away a little bit because of the lockdown. Before all of that, the first time around, I wasn't necessarily, um, I didn't really notice the lockdown as much because we were in the middle of a house move and house renovations and I was really busy trying to get that done. Yeah. So I didn't kind of notice the fact that I'd not spoke to my mates for a few weeks. I'd heard the odd message on WhatsApp as we are in the group chats and stuff. Yeah. Um, But I'd not really rung them text them and say actually how's how's it going for you because i was just so busy and and in my own head um and i was working as at the the same time from home as well so i didn't notice it but that that second that well that last time it was wasn't it the the sort of last january um that was when i really felt it and really noticed it and i thought oh god i'm gonna be i'm gonna be changing nappies at three o'clock in the morning very shortly and I'm not going to want to go out and meet my mates and have late nights and, and all that kind of stuff because I know I've got baby stuff to do. Um, but in a couple of months leads up to it, I could really do with it. And um, yeah. that was when I thought about the podcast and that, that thought came into my head again about, actually, there's not a great deal going on for dads. There wasn't five years ago. And there certainly isn't now because we're not allowed to go anywhere and do anything. And Absolutely. If there was any signposting back then, for what dads could do, what we could access. It's not being passed on at the minute because you can barely even get to see a, a doctor or a midwife. You've got to sit in the um, the, the maternity ward car park and wait for your wife to go in on her own and all that kind of stuff. So I thought, right, what about a podcast? <laughs> um, a- but since since doing it, I've I've obviously looked into it a lot more deeper mm. and I've found like, yourselves and, and your group on Facebook. I've, fa- I've found all these groups that are doing very similar things to what I was going to do or what I yeah. was looking for like six years ago. I don't know if they've all been going that long. Um, yeah. I, I maybe didn't give it as much in-depth thought as I should have I, done I six years ago. I don't think there probably was. And it's also, it depends on the level of signposting because it, in yeah, maternity and stuff, it doesn't, you know, that the... the um, what they call it, the, 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 not the midwife, the health visitors. Yeah. They, from the my experience and experience of the, the, the fellas I've talked to, we're past, you know, we're seen as a bit of a joke. We're not important. Nobody actually asks who we are. And there's that adage of, you know, if you're climbing up a mountain and you've got the kids with you, who do you feed first? And the idea is you feed yourself first because you're carrying everybody else. The normal things, I'll feed the kids. Yeah. Actually, if you don't feed yourself, you're not going to be strong. So, you know, you being able to go out and have a couple of pints and just let off some steam or stick your hand up going, I don't understand this nippy changing stuff and I feel like a failure or the fact is when the baby's teething and they only want mum, that really hurts. And it seems, again, there's this sort of natural shame as a bloke you don't admit that sort of stuff. But once you do, have a look here. Yeah. Yeah. And we we all feel those exactly the same. So it's almost like you 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 pull the stud out of the wall and the whole thing starts gushing out. You know, <laughs> the more conversations we can have. Yeah. And just be honest and go, you know, life isn't Facebook and Instagram. You know, it's not perfect. We are human beings and we really do struggle. And that's all right. And more to the point. 
there's you know the thing I, I love about Dad the Soul is there's dads of completely different backgrounds and uh, social backgrounds and ages, but when you know somebody comes out with something, there's this overwhelming level of support from a group of strangers. Yeah, yeah I've been there. I don't know, and this is how I cope. I don't have the answers, but I can, you know, I'll jump on a call and I'll just listen. And I think sometimes that's what we do because you you'd expect okay, I can share it with my partner, share it with him, but actually. You know, your partner might be part of the problem. You might be part of the problem. Yeah. Or like you were saying, you know, you had your house renovations and you're working, you've got a new baby. So if one of your mates is in trouble, probably I don't want to bother Jamie. He's got sort of too much on. Yeah. We kind of project that to other people. Mm. But then hear that you're struggling, you go, mate, just phone me. Yeah. Sorry. And you kind of go, you, you forget that, don't you? You don't want to bother people or you think your your issues are insignificant maybe yeah and and everyone's everyone's got their own thing haven't they they've everyone's yeah. got their own lives and, and they've all got their own thing and sometimes you know like the thing with talking to your partner you but my my wife's breastfeeding and um you know as hard as that is and and she's up sometimes especially through teething all mm. night and not sleeping a lot at all so for and we've we've even done it stood in the kitchen like i've been making a cup of tea in the morning getting ready for work and i've sort of said oh i'm so tired this morning i can't be asked to go to work and she's just looked at me as if like i haven't slept at all all night and i've yeah. had this child hanging off me and yeah it's like how dare you i know i shouldn't have said it because i'm not as tired as you but it still doesn't mean that i'm not tired <laughs> there is that, that guilt as well i suppose isn't it? because men are meant to be stronger yeah so it's there is a thing, you know, where you heal people. Um, I don't know. The worst job in the world, right, apparently, is a rat catcher in Mumbai. Right. So, so as long as you're not a rat catcher in Mumbai, you're doing pretty well. You've got a house, you know, you've got food on the table. But that kind of lessens the thing that, you know, about your problems. And as individuals, you know, that rat catcher could have a lovely supportive family. Going back, lovely. You know, you could have it all, but you're going back to an absolute war zone where you're sleeping on the couch. Yeah. Kids hate you and, you know, you're nearly going bankrupt. Hmm. But where, where does those conversations, you know, go? They don't. We just internalise them, turn to the bottle, go gambling or get angry at people that we love. Yeah. The the, the other little things that that you have some control over that make you feel good in the in the instant, that all that little stuff. Um yeah, it's um, it is important for us just to accept that we can have a chat about it. We can, and it, and if you, part of the like the message in the beginning of the sort of podcast was that if you start to mention these things and you start to talk about them, you will find there is somebody. It might be one of your friends. It might be your work colleague. Somebody down the pub who, who you know, but you're not particularly close with. Yeah, they will have. A similar story they will have an example of when something like this happened to them when they struggled or yeah. something like that and then you, but you, you'll only know that when you start to talk about it and you start to ask questions and you you know you're inquisitive about things it's not always got to be that when when you're struggling that you have to then go and find someone to talk to you could yeah. be the person that's being spoken to couldn't you i think there's also what i've kind of learned you know when i set up dad for soul I did it because, you know, I was struggling. 
I didn't think it would, you know, there wasn't this plan to create this huge group and help loads of other fellas. Yeah. It was just like you with a podcast, I need something to do. I wanted to do it. But there is this thing about giving somebody a ticket. So like with our the, the people that come to the pub, you know, they've, they've been aware of us. They know how open it is. So you're not expected. So I go, yeah, how you doing, mate? All right. How are you really doing? And then it's sort of like, that's your okay for them to go. <clears throat> yeah. There uh, we go. That's all right, because this is what we're... Sorry, the coffees are outside. Um, and that's all right, but I think, yeah, it's, we kind of just have these very superficial conversations. Hey, Dan, yeah, fine. I'm quite actually socially awkward, and I find small talk really difficult, especially with new people. So when you'd have those children's parties and stuff like that i don't i just want to go and play with the kids because the kids are on my level i don't have to make small talk with people but now almost encouraging a deeper level of conversation i'm a lot more interested in finding out people's stories and what makes them tick and going oh actually you know i've got quite a decent black group of contacts now and people i've met there's going a few challenges for that you need to speak to dave or him and I, I get my buzz from being able to connect people um but it's only by me sticking around and going, I'm struggling, but they're going, you know, you've got a cushy old life. You live by the sea. You've know, got a nice family. You're running these big old raves. Everybody loves you. It doesn't help at three o'clock in the morning when I'm feeling absolutely shit and I want the world to run away or um, do my, when I you know, initially separated, I had a quite a tough custody situation and it took me to some very, very dark places. Yeah. Um, but fortunately, through the the you know some of the the, the lads at Dad the Soul, they were able to come in and save me, for want of a better word. So that was incredible. But on the outside, people would not have gathered that, you know, because I'm happy, smiley, doing all this cool stuff. But we need to genuinely dig a little bit deeper, be a little bit more vulnerable, and I know it's difficult for dads. Women, we don't want to talk about it. But the more you do, you realise how um, the benefit of those human connections. And I think we, you know, like the good work you're doing, we, we need more of it. You know, the more people come along and, oh, you know, it's all right. You're not bathing in a sea of self-pity here. You know what? Modern life is rubbish, as Blur said. You know, it can yeah. be quite tricky. Yeah. And, and at the minute... You know, having come through the past couple of years where it was all doom and gloom and you put the news on and you're waiting for the next bad bit of news to come, you think, actually, you know, everyone's going back to work, the world's opening up, the country's opening up, people are going on holidays again, it's all getting back together, but it's all nice. And then all of a sudden, people are now got to worry about financial worries because cost of living's gone through the roof and, and everything yeah. else and gas and electric and you've got wars going on that are closer to home than possibly they have been in a long long yeah. time and all that kind of stuff and you think oh, well i thought we were getting back to the good times and now we've got more bad news and we do we do need to balance i think with the but the the events that we do in the the, the clubs like i've made a, a particular issue from day dot if somebody can't afford it it shouldn't stop them coming so basically it's we do it, the, the play dates are like five for the family, which, you know, if you took them to the soft play, you'd spend more than that on a on a coffee. Yeah. And if you can't afford it, doesn't matter. 
you're still coming because um, we do a lot of partnerships with uh, social housing providers. So I think you know, actually, if there's a dad that's you know maybe unemployed and he's had some bad luck, he's going to feel even more rubbish and even more isolated because he's not going to have the lads at work on stuff like that. Or maybe there's you know there's generational unemployment in some of these 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 estates. So it's like right, let's get them out of there. Let's get them into these kick-ass events. Get them meeting some new people, having some different conversations. So you're not just sat. I think I mentioned earlier, as we get older, our social groups do shrink. We don't have the time, the energy, or the money yeah. to go out. And, you know, it's more than, I'll get out of bed by nine o'clock. You know, I'm just exhausted, especially if you've got really tiny ones and you've been up half the night. You know, you, you have, have tea and it's pretty much a day over, mate. Thank you. But I don't have. Yeah, on countdown to bedtime. To yeah, I don't. I, but then there's a the thing about, um, I had this conversation with somebody the other day. You'd kind of forgotten who I was, you know, because I my my job, my day job, I'm pretty involved. With. I've got dad and a soul, then I'm somebody's partner, then I'm somebody's dad, and uh, I'd kind of forgotten what I like. Um, and it was, I think it was, it was two weeks ago. Me and one of my uh, Tyler. One lads from dad to soul we went to see a stone rosy tribute act right local and it was brilliant because it was just full of blokes in their 40s and 50s <laughs> um and he was like oh i don't know because i've stopped drinking so i don't drink let's just go and we just had a couple of hours of jumping around like stupid fools bad idea next day really really hurt but you know that that guttural vibe bloke thing we we're just singing our hearts out I thought I really bloody needed that. It was only two hours. It didn't yeah. cost the world, but I just needed me. Um, and that was a big wake up call to try and give yourself. You, you do feel very guilty. You've got people relying on you. You know, like I said, you, you know, your, your wife's not sleeping. And somehow that's probably your fault as well, you know, even though it's not. Yeah. Um, but you still, I don't think it's selfish. It's not like we're out every single night boozing it up, spending the housekeeping like generations beforehand. So a few hours uh, a week or a month just to have some time. Coppers are outside again. Um, to find out who you are and, you know, have some chats. It's so, so important that we basically don't do enough of it. Or if we do, it's maybe... A little bit superficial yeah it, it, if you can if you can almost try and plan that in a bit more regularly than you would so like yeah if you if you you know you might leave it four or five months before you meet up and go and do something like going to a gig perfect example yeah but if you try and plan that in a little bit more regular maybe six weeks or, or you know something like that then the need for you to do it so desperately after five months becomes less and less yes. because you're doing it a bit more regular. And then the bits in the middle start to feel slightly better because if you're, Absolutely. if you're stretching it out over the five months, then what are you doing in the middle? You, yeah. You're finishing work, you're coming home and cracking a can and sitting in the corner of the house when the kids are gone to bed or do you know what I mean? You, you find it yeah. elsewhere and it's not necessarily always the healthy option. Absolutely. And it also, what happens is those five bumps 
will become a year. Yeah. They'll become two years because you you almost the the social isolation becomes part of your life. Oh, I can't be bothered to go out. Oh, yeah. it'll cost me. Oh, I feel shit. Um, we have this thing when we go to the pub, sort of have a little chat and go, right, give me all the reasons why you shouldn't be here tonight. Yeah, work's too busy. Wife said no, blah, 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 blah. And we've all got the exact, this huge long list of excuses why we shouldn't go. But the fact is, something inside of these fellas is, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to walk into a pub, sit down with a group of strangers. And once they do, go, bloody glad you're playing, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, it becomes very, very easy, and that's the isolation again. Especially, you get older, your social activities tend to revolve around the kids, because if they're happy and occupied, then your life's a little bit easier. But you know, there's um, there's a big, big city down the road, just like Brighton, right? Very cosmopolitan, blah blah. That has one hour a month of dad-related activities, right? And that's a sing and sign at the library, which you know, once you've done the wheels on the bus fifty times. It's bloody tedious. Or, you know, what happens if your kids are a different ages or you don't see your kids that weekend? Um, there is nothing out there. That's why, you know, the need for organisations such as ours, there's a huge call for it because it doesn't exist. It desperately needs to exist. Um, just giving dads that couple of hours. And a bit of it, go to a play date and you can actually ask for somebody's number. I, I saw this from my own eyes a couple of weeks ago. We did a... We took over a local park, did a bug hunt and a Punch and Judy show, which was brilliant because Punch and Judy's 360 years old, um, which you wouldn't believe, but it was still entertaining a new generation and the dads are laughing. And just as I'm sort of tidying up, I've got these two blokes chatting to each other and I saw, oh, they were exchanging numbers. So I asked them, that, that's quite an odd thing to see. You just like, do you fancy a place? Like, yeah, they go, the kids have got really well. We've got on really well. And I was like, this is magic. You know, they, they yeah. can actually now have some go out next Saturday or the week after. And rather than going back to, say, sitting in the corner with a can, they're actually looking forward to because they've got their mates. The kids have got their mates. Uh, the kids are coming back exhausted. And they've had a, a pretty good time themselves. Yeah. You know? Just breaking yeah. down some of those barriers as men, we, you, you, mums are, you know, seem to be brilliant at it. in the school gates. Um, it's very hard as a bloke to try and break into those groups. Yeah, yeah, I've seen, I've seen that. I've seen that. I mean, my son's only in year one, so his second year, and obviously it's tough because you don't have the same sort of level of interaction as you would have done pre-pandemic in terms of like yeah, social distancing and all that stuff that messes with the the first year that we did. Um, yeah. But you definitely see it. Like the dads will say hello to the other dads that they know. And and some of the other friendlier dads might say, hey, I'll possibly walk past, but it's not. Yeah. Whereas the mums will huddle in little groups and they'll talk and they'll talk about the kid. They might not even know each other. I always yeah. assume that they, they've known each other for years, but they probably don't. <laughs> but we yeah. just don't do that as much. And I, I'm, I can be quite socially awkward sometimes myself. And I, I do quite like my own company. I don't mind it. Um, so, as you say, the example of the five months can become a year. Absolutely, that my sort of few couple of weeks of couple of weekends of not really wanting to do anything because like 
either, or not, I don't get paid until the end of the month or yep. kids have got a party tomorrow. I can't really, I don't want a late night or, you know, all these little excuses. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and then I don't actually mind not being able to do it at certain times before I know it. God, yes. I've not seen them for God knows how long. I, I, do you want to do something? But then they forget that, well, they stop inviting you because they forget that you can't yes. come or, you, you know what I mean? You, you said no like five weeks in a row. We just thought you wouldn't be able to come, so we didn't ask. That's, yeah, that's... and then you feel awkward. You know, you get to a stage of being a Billy No Mates. And then, Does anybody in Eaton or play? You know, when we were kids, it was pretty easy. Just go down the park. Who wants to play army? No girls. Suddenly you've got a group to play with. Yeah. You can't do that as a middle age. I wish you could, you know, but... <laughs> Maybe we should try and bring down. that back. <laughs> Not in the park, but... <laughs> Yeah, can you imagine how, who you want to join you there? But if, yeah, <laughs> life was a lot, a lot, lot simpler. And like I said, you you hit something there where you said, you said you assume that the mums have all known each other. Yeah, but they probably haven't because the kids are drawn from loads of different areas within the town. Yeah, but they are naturally more open. You know, there are, I think, because there's millions of mother and baby groups, they used to having coffee mornings, just like. We're the fellas at work. Um, yeah, I, I didn't really have a paternity leave. I took the crazy idea when I found out my wife was pregnant to quit the job I was in and start my own company. So I had a, I had a week off. Well, it wasn't even a week off because I was still working in that, that week. So when I was up in the middle of the night, I was still having a cuddle, but I was still, you know, doing emails. But that's the kind of position that I brought on myself. And now looking back, I wish I hadn't. I'd wish I'd been in a position to, you know, take some proper time off. But again, it goes back to actually where I thought my job is to keep them safe, hunter gatherer. Very yeah. old fashioned way of thinking. And I understand that now. But at the time, that was my I'm keeping these buggers safe. There's food on the table, there's a roof on their head. We live in a nice house. That's my part of it. But it took, you know, and I probably, you know, I ended up probably sacrificing quite a lot of my son's first couple of years of his life through that mentality. Um, but I was fortunate. You know, I was in a position to go and work for myself again and create these ideas. So I was able to get some of that time back so I can be active on the thing. You know, I was able to volunteer at nursery. And that's always quite odd for a dad to do this yeah and, um there was one beautiful moment i think they were looking for volunteers because we're i mentioned we're very fortunate to live by the beach they do beach school so they take the kids out and they all go down the beach and i took them out and there's all these like group of about 30 three and four year olds at the time and i led them all on a dinosaur hunt right on a monday morning and i thought traditionally i would have been in a what we call a status meeting for Barclay Card, who was one of my big clients, you know, arguing about who's going to do this shitty job. But I thought, I've just convinced a load of kids there's dinosaurs, and that's yeah. dinosaur, and this is wonderful, you know. And it's again, it's not everybody has that opportunity who is able to work flexible hours. Um, but I'm just very glad that I did, and I was able to see it before it was too long, too, uh, you know too long down the track when you um were setting up your sort of first few groups and stuff were you just doing that through like your facebook pages yeah um 
when when it was it came off the back of Top Rocking. So to launch that, I basically printed off a load of flyers and I hit the streets. Okay. I would be the weird the weird fellow hiding outside people's schools. I would walk the streets, I would walk the playgrounds, and if I just saw any sort of young couple, my um, thing was that uh, I bet you're desperate for a night out, aren't you? I bet you struggle to get a babysitter. I bet you and they're going, yep, yep, yep. Got the answer for that. Give me this fire, and they're going, yes, please. Um, but that even that was a, a struggle because it was being socially awkward. It was a big thing to go and talk to, to strangers. But I knew I had something that they would want because it was so, you know, well put together. And it wasn't just a kid's disco or something cheesy. It was, you know, decent quality DJs and it was a nice venue and it was had a really nice level of activities. You know, I, I would actively talk to my son. You know, I, his job is the head of the organisation. So it's like, okay. What sort of activities should, should we have? You go, I want this, this, this. You go, all right, we can talk that out. Because I knew if he'd be happy, a lot of his friends would be happy. Yeah. You know, and then the parents could get a chance. So, yeah, it was social media. Um, my, my background is PR. So, you know, I wrote a few uh, press releases and stuff. And also because I think it was it was a very new idea, people were interested. And people go, that sounds kind of cool. Um, I'd like to get involved in that. And so it sort of it grew. And then, you know, the thing where you know, I was talking to strangers, going, when was the last time you had a night out with your friends and one of them didn't actually cancel at the last minute because the babysitters giving in? I said, yeah, well, I've got the answer. You can all come. We can all go raving, but we'll all be at home by bath and bedtime. Yeah. That's worth a tenner of anybody's money, isn't it? Yeah. As it's yeah, it's talking to strangers. Yeah, it's it's an idea I've um, played about with in terms of like you know thinking where the podcast might go and additional mm. things I can I can try and do and and like we live in well it used to be a small little countryside village almost out you know on the outskirts of a town but um, yeah over the years and more recently there's been a you know, a housing boom and they've built lots of houses. So the gap between the village and the town is, is a lot less because there's a lot more houses. But there's still that little village feel to it. I mean, it's got it's got the village hall, it's got the church, and it's got, uh, you know, a social club and a couple of pubs. And that's yeah. about it, unless you drive into town. It's, you know, a couple of miles. But if you're going out for a beer or something, it's not always something you want to do. Um, so I thought, well, I, I don't... I mean, I've been here for a couple of years and my wife's lived here for all her life. So I don't really know as there's much in terms of like a dad's group or something that goes on around here. And I thought, well, maybe eventually if I can pluck up enough courage myself to put myself out there and risk no one turning up, <laughs> then maybe I could do that one day. <laughs> what's the, Jamie, what's the worst that's going to happen if nobody well, turns up? Well, I'll just be sat there on bit... my own with a cup of tea, won't I? <laughs> to be honest, that's exactly how I felt with the first event and then i said i opened the door and there's 450 of the buggers queuing around the door. yeah because that they want it but it also takes um you know if you've got the marketing support if you've got the strategy and the, the stuff that's what we, we're doing at the moment is um almost creating a even though a non-profit like a business in a box okay so if you want to set up a dad's group 
here's all the stuff, here's all yeah. the stuff that I've learned over the last six years. So you don't have to um, make those mistakes. Um, you know, there, there's all of the back-end systems and you know, you know, the public liability insurance, the risk assessments, the fact is, you know, the dirty looks, you can say, oh, so it's a group of men with children, is it? And there's <laughs> going to be no women. Hmm. Okay, well, here's a report from the University of Sussex, yeah, detailing why this is so important. Yeah. On your bike. So all of those <laughs> potential challenges. Um so yeah, if you're interested, yeah, we'll, we'll have an, yeah, another chat. And so there is loads of resources, um, you know, because it hasn't all been easy. I have um, I think we've had events where three people have turned up. Yeah. I've also had events where there's been over 80 dads and 100 kids. You know, it's it's very swings around you and those bits get you low. But also what you, I think we found of that when the three dads turned up, I was able to have a better conversation with them. And it, it, one of them was a single dad. And he said, I haven't spoken to a grown-up in six weeks. And that meant that was so important. So depending on what your, you know, aim is, finally get a couple. And then everything starts with the first couple and then you get some more volunteers and people going, I would like this, but I don't have the, the confidence to maybe start or I don't have the experience or I don't understand public liability or risk assessments. You know, there are resources out there. Get it sorted. And... Um, yeah, we're looking to, I think we're looking to launch in uh, Yorkshire and Manchester as part of a funding bid. It's in dad's side. Um, I've, I've never humanly met. Right. Because it's a very simple thing. They want to do it, but they kind of may be unsure how, how the pieces fit together. So yeah. Get it all out of your head. Go away. <laughs> and this is how you get the funding for it. Yeah, it's... Um... It's it's something I'm 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 thinking about. Let's say it might it might maybe needed. It may not. I'm not sure. I've not quite got that far to look into it. But I mean, like you know, if if even if the majority of the dads say percentage wise in this village are you know all married and 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 with children, yeah. How good would it be if they turned around to the wife and said that Do you know what Saturday morning on this date I'm taking the kids out to whatever, the village hall or the social club. Yeah. And that would go down well, just as well as it would for the guy who has been on his own Absolutely. for weeks, like you say. And, and he... Absolutely. To be honest, there's quite a lot of the tickets that are purchased by mums because either they know how much their dads, their, their fellas need friends. Yeah. Or they want to get rid of them for a couple of hours. Yeah. Do you want to finish off just by telling us where anyone who's interested can, can find you on all yeah, the socials yeah. and stuff? So it's... Um, at Dadler Soul uh, on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, um, on Facebook. We've also got a private Facebook group. So if you just put Dadler Soul private in there, you'll, you'll spot into that. Um, the website's dadlersoul.com. There's a, there's a load of resources. There's our radio show that we used to do. Um, there's a podcast that I produced, 150 different blogs. Um, or if you're in the Sussex area, you can come to one of our events. It's a play dates, it's a sea swim, either side, or you just fancy a pint or a cup of tea. Or if you're interested and go, you know what, something you said, Dan, I'd like to know a little bit more about. 
just drop me an email. It's just dan at dadlasol.com. Say, this is a, a volunteer thing. So I might not reply straight away. But I'll always, within a couple of days or so, and I've had emails from Berlin, Australia, Czech Republic, and the stories that we've told, there's, there's people in the other side of going, I feel like that. So I guarantee, you know, through us having this conversation, it's piqued a little bit of interest in somebody. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank Thanks. you very much for having me. Really lovely way to finish off my working week. It's not work. It's just having two fellas having a chat. That's the good thing about it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. No, thank you for having me. And say the the more people doing great stuff like you, the world is a genuinely a better place because you don't have to do this. You know, you could just be binging on Netflix. You know, you're knackered after a day work and stuff like that. So the fact that you're making an effort, you know, is to be applauded, brother. Well done. Thanks for that. Yeah, appreciate that. Right. Hopefully we can talk again soon. Lovely. All right. Take it easy, brother. All right. Thanks a lot. Yes, bye-bye.